We're the Pragmatic Doulas. This is a podcast where we talk all about birth and other interesting things. Birth may be a goddess, but she doesn't want to be worshipped. She wants to be respected. She doesn't want incense. She wants common sense. Hello, and welcome to the Pragmatic Duels podcast. This is episode 20. I'm Suzanne. I'm Kim. I'm Steph. And I'm Debbie. And I'm Tanisha. Yay! We have visitors today, and they are going to regale us with all the tales of what it means to be a new doula, a brand new doula, a baby doula. Um, We've invited uh, Debbie and Tanisha to join us today to share their experiences with us, and we hope you like it. So, why don't we do a quick go around and a check in just how you feeling in your body today Steph I'm feeling better in my body now that I've had a Cory's donut thank you very much yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm still eating my donut <laughs> get that cream Suzanne yeah I don't eat these every day because I think I would just be in a sugar haze the whole of my life but every week we have these donuts mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. it matters mm-hmm. to have this donut if like, you had a good intention of having half Tanisha, by sense that by the end of today, pick it out. Yes, mm-hmm. it'll be gone. I don't understand those people who pick at donuts <laughs> or pick at yummy oh. things. Yeah, I have cream on my on my lips. <laughs> How about you, Debbie? How are you feeling in your body today? Um, I'm feeling good. Mm-hmm. I think uh, the 36 kilometers to drive from Mississauga to here. With the window down and good music and good podcast. Revved you up? Yeah. Okay. Kind of excited. Excellent. Just like meditation. Mm-hmm. What time did you leave from Mississauga? Um, 10 to 9. 10 to 9. Whoa. Okay. That's and it took dip. me an hour. and More than an hour because you got hour, here yeah. past 10. Okay. Yeah. Uh. I was at Cordy Bakery in line for the donuts for the doors to open at 9. And I left from Burnham Thorpe in 427. So that's where it is. Where, where, where am I? Not Pontypool. What the hell is it called? Pony Trail. Pony, Pony Trail. Trail. Thank you. Pony Trail and Burnham Thorpe is where it is. Mm-hmm. I left from there at 5 after 9 and just got here now at 10. Wow. And for those people who are like in the States and don't know Toronto, it's far, okay? Yeah, That's far. what we mean. It's far. Thank you for the... Did you... There's the belch. We got... That was like our, our little our Christmas. Christmas. Yeah. yeah. Welcome. Debbie, Welcome all. Yeah, You've well, been burped on. Yeah. You've been burped on. You're part of it it's now. Debbie said to me the other day, is I heard somebody burp and I'm like, this is your first time? Have you been listening? <laughs> yeah. But I've always thought like something moved or something or the spirit moved. And then, and then after that I was like, oh, yeah, something did move. But I said it called gas. Part, I, I guess they too. would. Oh, <laughs> oh no, we're not editing anything out. Sorry, no. I'm not that talented. No. This is the induction. And how about you, Tanisha? I'm how are you feeling in your body today? In my body, I'm feeling great. Yesterday mm-hmm. was my little sister's 18th birthday. Mm-hmm. And then I stayed over at my grandparents' house in Scarborough, so I hung out with them really late. Mm-hmm. So, just, What's your sister's name? Christine. Happy birthday, Happy birthday Christina. Christina! Now you're an adult. You're well, legal. Yep. She's technically an adult. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, yeah. Yeah. University next year, so. So you mm-hmm. are a fellow Scarberian now living in Mississauga yep. as well. Born and raised here until I was ten, and then moved out there. Mm-hmm. My grandparents are in the same home. Right. Oh. That's not cl- that's not far away from my house either. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like an I'm really trip. close to where my cousins live, and my daughter's boyfriend lives mm-hmm. right around that area. 
And there's something about your grandparents' house that's always nice to go back to. It's just like, and if you even if you just go there, you have nothing. Like I had nothing. I went like I didn't plan to stay there. I have pajamas. There's a toothbrush for me. There's so chill. Everything is there, you know. Yeah, there's never so and it's never me calling to ask. I'm like, yeah, I'm coming over. They're today. always waiting for you. Yeah. To come. Yeah. There's yeah. always food in the fridge. Like, yeah. she's yeah. coming. Yeah. And I'm feeling pretty good in my body today yeah. too. Yeah. Now that I've got a donut in me, mm-hmm. I was actually pretty hungry, and I was just gonna wait until after, but. Mm-hmm. Donuts are in. I also did try one of those new Tim Hortons egg bites thing. Oh, I see those? Yeah, it's good. They're just like ridiculously expensive. I'm not going to pay almost four dollars for two little like oh. three fifty nine plus tax. That's hey. how much they cost at like Starbucks. Starbucks has yeah. them, and yes. Tim Hortons has. It's the same price for the exact same thing. Same. So they're a great idea, but they're just like egg muffins. Just make and a dozen of them at, at, at home. home. I mean, you can and do throw it them in the, in the, the freezer. freezer. Yeah. So. That's my review. Thank you, Timmy's. Maybe that's what I should do. In yeah. a pinch. So in a pinch. It's an option. Oh, wait, yes, you know? in a pinch it's great. Grabbing a muffin. There you go. You can make them at home. And you, Madam Editor. Steven. How are you feeling in your body? <laughs> my name is Steven today. You had a headache earlier. Hmm. Yeah, I still have a bit of a headache, Aww. so I'm super bitchy. Just... <laughs> Ignore me. Just well, ignore me. We're all <laughs> in, so we pinch you really hard, <laughs> or not? We're not. <laughs> I'll punch in the face. Um, this is okay. a violent podcast. Violently <laughs> <laughs> honest. Where there's pinching and punching and swearing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, other than that, I'm good. Mm-hmm. I haven't done any births, which is nice, but sucks. Mm-hmm. So. Currently don't have any clients on my roster, so. But you're also not physically recovering from a birth either. No, that's the true. The last few you did were re- it really required a lot of you. I've literally done the last couple of weeks. I haven't had any, <laughs> but it had been literally one birth every week, week mm-hmm. and a half. Wow. For how long? Like two months. Wow. Yeah, you need a break. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yes, my bank account enjoyed it, mm-hmm. but now my bank account is not enjoying it because <laughs> I don't have any money in my bank account. As a result. That's that feast that. and famine thing you're talking yeah, about. Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, huh. anyways, yeah. So that's me. Is your beautiful son around? He's downstairs. Okay. Just Look what Jack did with the thing. Yep. Did you He's know so that he was going to do that? Yeah. It's fine. Jack, you look so beautiful. <laughs> Jack's ripped apart his little toy, so now there's bits of fluff everywhere. So they buy, we buy these toys that are like indestructible. Bullshit. Bullshit. Bullshit, bullshit. Actually, all he wants, he'll keep eating it until he gets the squeaky part out, and then he'll be done with it. Oh, that's the goal. Okay. Yeah, that's the, goal. the whole thing. That's why, you know, look, dog toy makers, mm-hmm. stop putting the squeaky in it, and then he'll just chew it. Mm-hmm. He won't oh. try to destroy and get inside of it. Because yeah, he thinks there's something so in there. Or, yeah. yeah. Or then he'll just look at it and say, uh, this shit's broken. I'm not doing anything with it. Sorry, you just spent $15 on yeah, it. I'm going to leave it back. in the corner. Yeah. yeah, well, that's the thing. They're <laughs> not cheap. It's no, like, not. I hope you kept the receipt, lovely. <laughs> <laughs> mm. So what's your summer look like in terms of work? Like birthy birth? Births, yeah. Postpartum, um, whatever. Still doing through the summer because we're not going away this summer. We're saving yeah. for we're going away next year for Roger's brother's wedding, mm-hmm. and we all of our money is pretty much in this pool that we're putting in the house. So Woo! we're staying home this summer, cool. which means I'm taking clients all through the summer this year, which mm-hmm. is not what I usually do. I usually take like a four week hiatus oh, okay. so I can take a couple weeks 
to just have a quieter time. Mm -hmm. But uh, I still only do two births a month, though. So that's work for me. Mm -hmm. Are you a full-time doula? I am because I do a lot of, outside of the birth work, I do a lot of breastfeeding support. Um, and I'll do the occasional postpartum type support, like a few, a few stretches of hours with clients who I've worked with, mm -hmm. who I've done births with and such. And then I'm still working on, I've been saying this for friggin' ever. I need someone to kick my ass business-wise. The breast is best stuff mm -hmm. is trying to sell out the rest of my product so I then have a bulk set of money so I can create my new line. Okay. Right. So trying to focus some time on that too is important. And I try and put a little bit of time into that as we go along. But I, I think I've come to the conclusion I'm going to have to take almost like a two-week period of time where I'm just doing that every day, all day, okay. so that I can focus on uploading yeah. that. Even if that means I'm calling Zulily and uploading everything to Zulily and saying, hey, here's a bulk price, just take it all, go sell it online, yep. and then I can get started on uh, getting my seamstress in line to build, make this new line of clothes. Cool. Yeah. That's exciting. Excellent. Yeah. Nice. But breastfeeding work in two births a month very much keep me quite busy. Oh, wow. Yeah. And placenta. I'm oh, presenting calculation. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. Thank you. Yeah. Throw in your my copy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Do a do. lot of women do the placenta. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I would say, especially for my birth clients, at least I'd say 80% of my birth clients do it. Oh, okay. Um, and they come to me already knowing they want to do it. Okay. And um, there's a couple doctors through Markham and stuff who pass my name around to their clients for placenta encapsulation. Yeah. So are you are you certified in all? Nope. Well, I've been doing this kind of prior to when certification was a thing. Was a bit, yeah. Right. Yeah. But still have um like my bloodborne pathogens training. I have my mm -hmm. food server. I have um like food and safety training and all yeah. of those things. That mm -hmm. I just find as a as someone who would do it myself, like who would take placenta pills, mm -hmm. I would want someone who was com comfortable and understood those things mm -hmm. right. to handle my placenta. But I was actually trained by a woman who spoke um not a lack of English. <laughs> um she was instructed by my client who I was there doing postpartum work for, this particular woman was an, was another um, doula, basically. Oh, okay. But she is a postpartum doula specifically for the 30 days of confinement afterwards. Oh, okay. So she came to cook very specific foods and to stay with the family and to make sure the house was hot as hell. Was it a Chinese family? Yes, it was. Okay. And then the, the, my client instructed this woman to make sure I understood how to properly do a placenta. Wow. And so she cussed me out for about three days each day that I came, showed oh me how to do it. I, 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 I just know she sounded very angry while okay. telling me everything. Oh my God. <laughs> so she Slapped my hands a lot. Oh, she God. may have just been, you know, very fine. She's talking to you regular. It's just her voice. Yeah. Was like, <laughs> oh, no, my <laughs> client was telling me that she, she wasn't was Eastern European, but she, because that's probably just, just not a dog. She was, no, she was actually, my client was telling me, she's like, she's not happy about having to teach a white girl how to do this. Oh, <laughs> and all the animosity <laughs> came out. Yeah. But well, let's no. let's hear a little bit about you guys, since you are our special guest. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> I'm so excited you guys are here. Yeah, <laughs> me too. So, why don't you share with us, we can start with you, Debbie, real basic question, as your mouth is full, I'll give you, I'll give you two seconds to finish chewing and swallowing. Um, <laughs> basic, really basic question, uh, what is it that made you decide to do this work. A lot of us, we have very similar stories, but mm -hmm. you guys are actually pretty different in terms of age and life experience and so on. So I'm really interested to know what is it that made you decide to come to dual work or birth work? Um, so um, I have 
two older kids, like grown adults. And How old? What do you mean grown? So yeah. my daughter, Alicia, and Parrish, shut you up. You're not going to listen to this anyways. But um, <laughs> um, my daughter is 27, mm. and my son is 26. And so the year somewhere down the year that Ryerson was originally going to do their um, midwifery program, mm -hmm. I was like, I want to get into this. I always knew, I think it was after I had my daughter that I wanted to be in the birth world. Mm -hmm. But so I had to go back to high school to get the biology yes. and chemistry. Yes. I and did I the same good. thing. And I was good, at, but attention. my kids were really small. Uh huh. I couldn't do it. Mm -hmm. I couldn't be a mom, anything, you know. But anyway, anyway, so that was put to the wayside. Then maybe about, I don't know, however long after, I said, now I'm going to go back <laughs> to school and get the biology and chemistry and do what I need to do. I was determined. But that's like 20 years has now gone by or mm -hmm, something. Mm -hmm. My brain is not as good as it used to be. <laughs> what? <laughs> chemistry and biology. Especially, was yeah. Whoosh, right <laughs> over my mind and my head and everything. And I just couldn't do it. Mm -hmm. So I... um. I suffer, I suffer also from depression, mm -hmm. so that was really a blow to me, and then I was like on my couch for a few years, mm -hmm. uh, ended up going to work at Food Basics, anything to get money, that kind of stuff, Yeah. and um, my cousin sent me a WhatsApp, and I was saying, oh, you should look into this, it's a doula, and I was like, mm. <laughs> do tell, doula, <laughs> do I need biology or chemistry? <laughs> Wait, no. here's the deal breaker. <laughs> right. So anyways, read the whole thing. Um, I went to the, um, ended up going to uh, postpartum training with uh, Produla. Mm -hmm. And um, the day after my training, I was hired by an agency. And mm -hmm. I was with them for a little bit over a year. Mm -hmm. And I love it. Mm -hmm. But I feel that I was always... A doula, but mm -hmm. not getting paid. Mm -hmm. You know, ain't like, that the truth? You know, many of us. You know, it would be like uh, my girlfriend's in labor. I don't want to go with you. I'm going with her. I'm like, yeah, sure. exactly. <laughs> yeah, and I'll be like, I'd love it. Mm -hmm. You know, <laughs> and so yeah, it's that, and I've been taking care of postpartum for years, and mm -hmm. you know, maybe it's in my blood. My mom's a nurse, mm -hmm. so maybe that's what. You know, that, mm -hmm. that caring, Nurturing, providing, yes. yeah, type of person. So, so that's my journey into, um, doula work. I was going to say, you were going to say, doula hood. Doula ing. Doula We're making yeah. up our own words, man. <laughs> yeah. Of course, we got to. Thank you. Mm -hmm. How about you, Tanisha? Um, for me, uh, yeah, I'm a, I'm a lot younger. <clears throat> I don't have any children of my own, but um, what? I know. Shocking. Well, to a lot of people in my family, it's shocking because I'm old in their mind. Um, like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, basically. What are you doing with that uterus? Just yeah. sitting there. Just sitting there doing nothing. <laughs> Just gathering dust. <laughs> but um, no, my mom was um pretty young when she had me, so I was pretty old when my sisters came along. They're still in high school so I um 
I was very aware of everything that was going on when they. That's free will. <laughs> yeah, <Hey>, will. <laughs> when they when they came along, and so I was just enthralled. I was always that weird kid that knew all about like periods, and all my friends would talk about it with me, and you know. And you'd be like holding court in grade five. <laughs> <laughs> this is what happens when you become a woman. Okay. Yes. You. Amy, start listening. Yep. Every, every recess, I think in grade six, we would all gather together and talk about it. And so it was kind of weird, but like, great. You were that fun. kid. Mm-hmm. Um, my mom just gave me books and I was like, do you have any questions? But I didn't really have any questions. And Because I you understood everything in the books. books. It was what? there. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, when they were born, I'm pretty sure my mom might have had some slight postpartum depression because that's when the Harry Potter uh, third book came out. And all she wanted to do was... Feed the baby and read that book. That's all she ah, um, she's our what? people. Yes. Oh my goodness. Yes. <laughs> we need this do. woman on the podcast. And I was I was an only child at that point, so I was so happy to do everything. Mm-hmm. And it was school was out, so I changed diapers, did all of that, was happy to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my second sister came along, same thing. What's the age difference between you and your sisters? Twelve and thirteen years. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. So um, yeah, my mom was a single mom mm-hmm. um, until she got married to my dad. So. Yeah, and then honestly, I went to university, and there was a women's center there, and they had two workshops. One was on alternative and all the methods of birth control, and then they had one about midwives, and I went to both, and that kind of got me into the whole world of the art, the, the documentary, the business of being born, and midwives, and I just kept learning more, and then I literally bumped into a midwifery student on the TTC, um, and she was telling me about it, and I was like, same deal, like, well, I'm not doing biology and chemistry, because that was not my thing. <laughs> Um, she's like, well, there's this thing called being a doula, and this was probably about seven years ago, and um, I didn't know of any trainings then, I didn't know of anything, and then a couple years after that, it just kind of came out of nowhere, and then I went to Kim's training for labor and postpartum with Kappa, mm-hmm. um, and that start, sparked um, a great mentorship relationship with Kim, and I know, Steph, you were there too, mm-hmm. so yeah, and then I found my first client, it was pro bono, Um Public Health had posted it on like a Facebook forum. It was to work with a, a teen mom with a lot of back history and trauma. Um, and being at her birth was just incredible. It was all the interventions in hospital, very tech friendly. Um, and then my second birth shortly after that was super fast at home, no drugs. So two very different experiences. And oh. that just further drew me into like, okay, well, how deep can this go? Where are the different avenues? Mm-hmm. Um, and now I literally quit my job two weeks ago and now I'm doing it full time. Two weeks yes, ago? Yeah. Whoa. Whoa. So fresh. Oh. So fresh. Very fresh. And the rest. So fresh and so clean, clean. So I'm happy to be here to learn from all of you because mm-hmm. it's terrifying and very um, confusing. Getting into this this whole space without support, so grateful. Mm-hmm. Um, so both of you sound like you you were able to get some experience under your belt, like right away after your training. Mm-hmm. I know that's what it was like for me when you guys were starting out. What was it like for you starting out? Did you have like a uh, uh, like a stop start, like no clients and had to beg for clients, or how did that happen for <clears throat> you, Kim? Um, I mean, I got. A birth client actually right away because it was a friend. Um, but then I can't really remember sort of what happened between then and I ended up becoming the volunteer coordinator at uh, Doula, Doula Care. Care. I remember that. Oh, okay. Yes. Which is now the Association of Ontario Doulas. Mm-hmm. And as the volunteer coordinator, I had to find doulas to support Fill these, those spots. Yeah, fill these pro bono mm-hmm. positions. Oh, so okay. um, I ended up when I couldn't fill them, I ended up doing them myself. So I actually had quite a number of births in the very beginning mm-hmm. um, and sort of 
it was really sort of front end loaded for me. <clears throat> All my bursts are sort of in the first half of my career as opposed to now. Mm-hmm. Um, and the funny thing was, is I was, I had all these bursts and I kept doing all these bursts and all this stuff and then realized, oh, certification, I'm supposed to get these, uh, you know, evaluated and whatnot. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I should probably do that. I so that. you've got like, <laughs> I missed the boat on all of them. Yeah, <laughs> you get like two years and it was like six months yes. to the end. Like I only had about three to six months left and it was like, okay, I need to get my ass Move in it. here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So did everything else. <clears throat> and really had the burst fairly quickly, but oh, then really? didn't do anything else mm-hmm. and sat on it forever. Right. So are you certified? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, I had, I was a trainer, so I had to be certified. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. So, and I'm, and I'll just keep doing it. It's, I, the way I look at it, I know a lot of people don't think that certification is necessary and that's absolutely totally good. Um, but the way I look at it is I've worked hard to get to this point mm-hmm. and I want to have that designation. I want to have that uh, recognition that I've done the work mm-hmm. and that, you know, I am keeping up on my continuing education and all of that stuff. I'm not a huge fan of um, sort of the money grab for yeah, training organizations. Um, that sort of irritates me. Yeah. But in order to, so I've let actually one of my certifications go, um, just because I didn't want to, I didn't want to give more money to the same organization. Yeah. So I'll do the other two because they're more important to me than that, than the one I let go. So yeah, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. What was it like for you starting out? Did you get a lot right away or did you have to scrape? I, I didn't have to scrape. I think just because of where I lived, I lived basically in a baby popping community. Like everyone's <laughs> fresh, freshly married, looking to like pop babies out, and everyone. This is mom groups, right? Breastfeeding groups that I'm in. Even when I went as a pregnant person, mm-hmm. I got to meet a whole bunch of people who were pregnant, mm-hmm. and then they're like, "Oh, you're a doula. What does that mean? Are you a midwife?" And it started these conversations, and you know how moms at Park talk. Boom, boom, boom. Call mm-hmm. Stephanie. Mm-hmm. And so, thankfully, right out of the gate, sort of thankfully. I was able to grab onto earthwork. The big, bigger problem was, I guess not a problem so much because I had lots of wonderful other doulas to pass clients along to, was that really wanting to still be in it once I started having kids again. So I too, much like your mom, had kids in very early. I had two kids um, who are now 20. Oh, shit, how old are my kids? One will be 27 this year. I can't keep track of all of you and your offspring. <laughs> yeah, Kira's 27, Xander will be 23, or Kira will be 27, Xander will be 23 very soon. Mm-hmm. And um, then I had this gap where where I didn't have any kids, separated mm-hmm. from my ex-husband. Later on, found myself a Roger, married up to Roger, had a couple kids with him. But really loving birth work type stuff and then being in the midst of also loving this first opportunity to really be kind of a little stress-free being home and not having to fully rely on that income. Mm-hmm. So I could stay home and I could just be with my kids and I could just be mm-hmm. with my big old breastfeeding boobs at the time. <laughs> and, and so I wanted to work. It was really weird that I had this now pull of something I really love to do. Yeah. Um, 
So I went back then because the work I'd been doing, like you're saying before, I'd been a doula forever. Mm-hmm. I had heard of a doula before mm-hmm. when I had Xander, my second child. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, separation, all that stuff happened. And then I finally took the training after I had, which one? Abby. Um, yeah. She's looking at me like, I don't know, I haven't orchestrated your life very well because I don't remember. <laughs> I don't remember which year this is. But uh, I took the, after I had Abigail, my third child, I went and took. Tracy and Kim's donut. Oh, that's what donut I, training that was yeah. my training. Yeah, and I freaking loved it. And I was like, oh shit, this is what yeah. like because they there's trainings before that you like sent away for like you had reading you had to do and mm-hmm. you know things like that. But this was like an in person, yeah, feet on the floor training. Yes, which was amazing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then that really kind of launched me into it. Yeah, I can't do an online training. I need to. I've heard people that. who've done online oh, trainings yeah. and, and they they've. They they rave about the amount of support and coverage and thoroughness mm-hmm. of the online trainings. It's just that it doesn't work for a lot of people. people. They need that that one on one connection. Yeah. Yeah. I need they to be like sitting it. there with you talking at me. Yeah, yeah. Yes. I need have other people's opinions yes. come in, and, and that's the thing yes. too. Being able to ask a question immediately as it pops into your head, yeah, yeah, as opposed to afterwards. Yeah. So there's there's to me there's something to be said for online learning because it's a big thing now. Mm-hmm. And yeah, many, many on your institutions and organizations are going that way. Mm-hmm. But some of us still need paper and real see, actual books. Yeah. I thought that business school thing like yeah. six months ago I mean, and I listened to one module. Struggling, yeah. struggling to go. Yeah. I yeah. even scheduled it this week to do it. But if you had, a, I did not. If you had like doula business school that you had to go to and sit in a place, you'd go. I would go. Yeah, you'd go. Also because it's available all the time. <clears throat> yeah. Are you book people or can you read a book off of a screen? I'm a book person. Yeah, which I think, which is, which is maybe surprising for someone like for me, where the generation of like lots of online learning, but I never wanted to take online classes because I, I think it's more personality. Like you have to be someone who's going to push yourself to to do it. Mm -hmm. I feel like I need accountability of being in a class and and coming there and like either way you've paid the money, right? For some people it's like, well, if I know I've paid, then I'm gonna go. But for me, it's like I need. I need, I'm a social person. I need the that environment. The contact. Mm-hmm. That immediate yeah. contact. Yeah. Not just somebody's face on a video that they recorded a year ago. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. It's a community right. feel for me. I mean, at the same time, we're, we all are, regardless of how old we are, my kids are reminding me of this all the time, every single day, we're on the cusp of our culture being more mm-hmm. online. Mm-hmm. Like the uh, places are closing mm-hmm. because... Yeah. Things are now online, yeah. and you have less. Somehow or another, we yeah. have to figure out mm-hmm. how to um, balance that out with yeah. who you are and what's actually out there mm-hmm. and available. And let me tell you, it's hard because I'm 52 and I just don't have a good time learning new things. But I will <laughs> say, I will say that I I think that we're coming to that middle ground because, for example, about a month ago, Instagram was down. Yes. So all those businesses yeah. that relied so heavily on Instagram were, were freaking out. Freaking out. Mm-hmm. And it's just a, a, another reminder of like, okay, you, you can't, that can't be your only avenue of value. Mm-hmm. You have to do something else. Yes. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, if there's like a huge, like, remember in 2002 or one or whatever it was when we had the blackout? Yeah. That was happening. 2003, again. August. If that yep. was to happen again, <laughs> yes. how yes. many businesses would be in the pooper? Yeah. I'm going to say not doula business and not midwifery yeah, because nine months after that blackout. Maybe still come. What? Yes. <laughs> like, oh. Let the lights stay off for a little bit longer. Yeah. Help people get your freak on and so what about you? What about you? What about me? 
Well, you didn't answer the question. Oh, <laughs> uh, Suzanne. Suzanne, yeah. I did get a lot of births. It seems like this is the, like a, a trend. I did get a lot of births right away because I also was hired by a facility that catered to um, expectant families, new parents, uh, and they also offered doula services. They were looking for a doula who, and I'm talking. I don't even think I was finished my, my training. My actual training was three days, mm -hmm. but I wasn't finished doing all the other things that you have to do. Yeah. Yeah. I wasn't even finished that. And I was hired by them because they were looking for a doula who had experience with breastfeeding support. And I was just going to make that connection with Kim talking about volunteer work. I had done a lot of volunteer work with La Leche League for years and years and years. I was a La Leche League leader. I don't a long time for mm -hmm. a really long time. I was became involved in the literature league just by going to meetings in okay, hold on to your hat. Nineteen eighty eight. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't even I didn't I was even living here in nineteen eighty eight. Yeah, in nineteen eighty eight I was pregnant with my second child and I went to a Lilitia League meeting. Um, you know, like Lilitia League people say, I went for the breastfeeding help, I stayed for the mothering support, and then I became a leader and so on. So I had a lot of experience with helping people with breastfeeding. Mm -hmm. And now I was a doula, I was a trained doula, and that's what that facility needed. So a lot of clients, like within my first two years, I had so many births under my belt. And then I started teaching childbirth classes, and that led to more, you know, because your people in your classes are your good your target audience. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so I got a lot of experience that way too. And still continue. That's my main, mm -hmm. yeah. my main sort of marketing thing. Right. Uh, but yeah, I got, I didn't struggle in the beginning. As a matter of fact, I kind of wish that I did struggle because recently, over the last few years, I've decided I wanted to sort of ramp up my work and needed to figure out how to do marketing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I never had to. Yeah. Never exactly. had to do that before. I was so spoiled mm -hmm. by just having people call me up and say, Hey, there's a client for you. Come and meet them. Hey, Suzanne, I have somebody for you. Do you have space? And me saying, Oh, I don't know if I can fit anybody in for uh, this month. Mm -hmm. That kind of, that was my life for mm -hmm. a long, long time. Mm -hmm. And now I've got to figure out how to do the business stuff. Uh, and yeah. I'm a little stumped. So yeah. that's where I am. So that's mm -hmm. the, that's the, the, the part that I um, yeah. that was missing. Going solo is the hard part, mm -hmm. you know. To so that's it. what I want to tell us about your struggles as sort of a brand new doula starting out. What are some of the real life practical things that are hard? For um. You? So with postpartum, um, I think the hardest part was like it's like you know you show up at a client's house and you know. I've never met them any before, just right in the house. doorbell mm -hmm. and I'm in and and then and the baby was like a month old and um the parents just uh the father was suffering with mental issues. The mom was I believe in she had postpartum mm -hmm. and um the baby was just wasn't sleeping. And, but I thought it was cool. They had me in the basement, had the baby in the bassinet, 
and everything. I remember, like, in the first few weeks, I always had my pro doula book, mm-hmm. and, you know, and I did the five fesses and then the shushing <laughs> in the quiet room yeah. and all this kind of stuff. So, I mean, it, it was very, I, I, I was very blessed to have such good clients for, as my first client mm-hmm. and I was there with them for a few months mm-hmm. and two um, months wow yeah like two months mm-hmm. two, mm-hmm. two months something like that and I was going like three days a week or something but mm-hmm. um yeah it was really good I loved the money um yeah. <laughs> but um hmm. was it like the cold start type thing that just is that just, just like get in there like do the, it yeah yeah. There was no slow lead up. To right, it. exactly. And but um, another doula told me that I shouldn't feel nervous because the client doesn't know me, but they're hiring me because I'm the expert. Mm-hmm. They don't know that I'm nervous or mm-hmm. I just came out of training. Mm-hmm. So they said, you go in there with the attitude that you're the expert. I'm going to help you. Mm-hmm. I'm going to make your life better that you're going to love me. Mm-hmm. We're going to be in this together. Right, right. I'm here to be with you. Yeah. So you're saying, you f- do you feel like you wish there was a little bit more, um, um, a little more hand-holding for the new doula after training, and sort of ease you into being with the family in the middle of the night with a brand-new baby who was all fussy? Yeah. Um, but I think with the postpartum, because I like overnights. Mm-hmm. Not many people Good do. Good for you. I like overnights because, I mean, the baby may wake one or two times, you know, and to feed them and put them back to sleep is, like, easy. Yeah. Um, I think I had more problems. You hear that, people? That's easy. It's easy yeah. for Debbie. It's easy. <laughs> I love it. I love doing overnight. Yeah, I like it too. It's such um, good energy to bring, too. Yeah. I think that this is why it benefits parents when they choose that route because mm-hmm. – you're bringing that fresh, confident energy into that space where by the time you arrive, the parents' energy is like down here. Right. You know, and right. they're like, we ain't got that energy no more. We need Debbie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and I remember going in and was like, just give her to me. Go to bed. Yeah. You know, <laughs> and they're kind of like, thank you. Oh, yeah. Put on your meditation. Yes. And off you go. <laughs> That's it. But um, I think it was harder in births because in births, you're really more hands-on mm-hmm. and you're comforting somebody while they're in pain and, you know, things like that. And so for me to walk in, um, the client, like, I try, like, do you want to go for a walk? I'm like, no, I don't want to go for a walk. Okay. Do you want to go on the birthing ball? Uh like, I'm too heavy, I'm going to pop it. And, like, you know, that after that they want an epidural, they're in bed. Mm-hmm. You know, and they're just now they got the epidural, they're going to sleep, and then I'm like, well, I think also with births, it's like, what do I do? Every with time births, go. there's a, there's there's that all that time that you spend with them prenatally, like the interview and then the prenatal meetings and mm-hmm. so on. So you kind of get to know them and get comfortable with mm-hmm. them beforehand. You don't just get thrown into a, uh, a labor room with a stranger. So you've had some time, whereas with postpartum, you might not have had yes. the opportunity to kind of get to know the people yeah. and mm-hmm. for them to get to know you. So that comfort level is often missing, I find, mm-hmm. with postpartum clients. Mm-hmm. You just kind of walk in and say, hi, I'm the person who you emailed five times over the last two months, and now here I am <laughs> yeah. to mm-hmm. take care of your baby in the middle of the night. Mm-hmm. And it can feel kind of awkward. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. 
So what about you? How, what sort of things are you facing now as a brand new doula in terms of your work and what you want to do? Um, a couple things. I think I'll start with the challenging stuff, but um, I think for me it's uh, it feels like the market is oversaturated. Mm -hmm. um, uh, yeah. I know that we talked about this when we met, and you know you had mentioned that um, you had mentioned that uh, there's only six percent of births have used doulas, but yeah, it just feels like there's a lot of doulas out there, and like I don't know if it's there are now. You know, so it's it's kind of are there way more here. now than there was back when we were? Trained, yeah, uh -huh. yeah. So that's, I, I definitely considered that. I was like, oh, I don't know, maybe this is the right choice because it's so oversaturated. But you know, you gotta try at least. Mm -hmm. Um, I do notice that I think my age sometimes for some people can be uh -huh. a little bit of a thing. So yes. I went to a postpartum client, and the family ended up loving me, which was exciting for me as my first like real postpartum. Um, but I remember I opened the door, and the the mother's father, so the grandfather, opened it, and he was like, oh. I was I was expecting an older woman. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know. They must have thought I was a lot younger than I am. I'm 30, but um, you know, once I was there and doing the work, and like, I'm sorry, you're 30. Yeah. yeah. Shut up. No, you, I know. Do you do they mistake you for your 18 year old sister? Is that that might have been what it was? <laughs> yeah, happens sometimes. 30. What? I gotta say to you, I thought you were early 20s, like don't yeah. <laughs> Well, I mean, I know that even Black when it's even, even when it's caramel and butterscotch. Is that appropriate to put on a t-shirt? <laughs> <laughs> like, walk Not around on you. you. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. But no, I guess it's very appropriate. And if it wasn't, I wouldn't care. Yeah. <laughs> I, I have this t-shirt that says "Black Girl Magic," and yeah. when I used to be taking the bus, I'd see people like. Oh, okay. my shirt. Oh, you pull it up for right? that. And yeah. then after, <laughs> got a good look. <laughs> so, so yeah, I think that, that that has been like a not a barrier maybe, but just some, something that I've noticed. Mm -hmm. um, but it doesn't then, last forever. Yes, by the way, know, because people time marches. Yes, and pretty <laughs> soon, kind of pretty soon they'll open the door and say, "Oh, the experienced doula." Yes, yes. we got here. <laughs> Experience. Yeah. There we go. But I Experience. guess when when I was with with them both, with, like the mother and the baby, you know, they started to see that I, you know, didn't know what I was talking about. So mm -hmm. you know, that not that they were rude about it or anything, but they were just expecting someone older, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, but then at the same time, like I don't have any dependents. So, you know, when they email me or text me at seven to come from an overnight or whatever, I can mm -hmm. just drop whatever and go. Mm -hmm. Um, so that has been a thing. I would say also, um, like what happens after training? So my training for Kappa with Kim was amazing. And I actually felt like for my first birth, even though she was like a team mom and probably didn't know a whole lot, mm -hmm. I didn't really know a whole lot, but we both didn't know that <laughs> and we had built a good relationship with the prenatals as you had mentioned so even though that birth was like fast slash long and all the interventions and I kind of felt a little useless at times when it started going it just instinctively was just there mm -hmm. I don't, you know because mm -hmm. mm -hmm. I didn't remember I, I was like I wasn't aware like okay she's going through transition like now I look back I can know that mm -hmm. but I wasn't I'm as experienced as you all to know that that's happening mm -hmm. um but once it was happening, I was like, okay, I can do this. Mm -hmm. um, but after that, you know, when I took a little bit of a, hi a hiatus because I went back to my full-time job because I was just doing this here and there, I was like, how do I get back into this? Mm -hmm. How do I start? Where do I go? You know? And so now, you know, Suzanne, Kim, you have your mentorship programs. I think that that's so amazing. And it's becoming a, a more popular thing now. Mm -hmm. We're seeing it a lot more um, because as we are trying to make this a profession, you know, have it regulated, have it become something that's not just, oh, so-and-so, mm -hmm. um, we need that help. 
mm-hmm. more than just the training, a little bit longer term. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I, I'm definitely thankful for that because as a young person who haven't had kids and is still new in this space, it's, it's needed. Yeah, I agree. Have you found any um, other doulas have issues with the fact that not necessarily your age, but you don't have children? I know that there's a certain school of thought out there about people who, mm-hmm. who have issues with um, doulas who don't have kids. I haven't actually, that's the thing too, I feel like um, the reason why I like the agency that I joined is because it, I do think at times being a doula can be a little lonely, so I haven't, I'm just diving into the community now to talk to people about what their experiences are, so I'm not sure, but I do find that the younger doulas, they're so good at marketing themselves, Yes. that they get the work, Yes. but I think That's they true. still struggle a little bit like myself, where people are still a little bit like... Hmm. Do you really know what you're doing, or are you kind of a little young to mm-hmm, be doing mm-hmm, this? Mm-hmm. And, and people have said that to me, like, "Well, you haven't any kids, so do you really know what you're doing?" Yeah. It's like, "Well, yes, I, I don't have to like any teacher. I don't have to have been a chemist to be able to teach chemistry. I know mm-hmm. what 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 100%. is what." You yes. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So yeah, 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 yeah. I yeah. had um, a new doula, and she's like in her forties, and she recently had a hysterectomy, and um. Her clients were were like, oh, you don't have any kids, and I'm like, why don't you have any kids and stuff? And that rude, like, yeah. yeah that's rude. And um, I remember she broke down <coughs> to me, um, telling me that because um, she's like, well, what do I tell them? And I was like, you know what? We need to. Some doulas need to get a pin that says, I don't have to be a mother to be a doula or something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. You know, I don't you have to saying? be a mother to mother. You don't have to do it right. And so, yeah, um, so she was really bothered by that, and she was later on in years. So, yeah, I think that people just are hung up with, oh, well, you can't know how to take care of a baby if you don't have one, which is garbage. That's some bullshit. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's just ridiculous. Like, they don't go to a mechanic and say, do you own your own car? You accept that they have the training. They put themselves out there. They know what they're doing. Mm -hmm. Um, They're certainly running their own business. Mm -hmm. So there is no other line here. Like, doctors, midwives, nurses, you know, we don't. I'll look at them and say, "Have you done this? Have you had your? Have you had a colonoscopy exactly. before you do mine?" Yeah, right. Um, exactly. Yeah. Hey, male doctor, you've never had a baby, yes. so how can you do that? Right. Right. How that? do we no. never question male mm-hmm. obstetricians? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. No. Mm-hmm. If you are made to be a nurturer, made to be a supporter, it doesn't matter what your uterus has done for you today. Mm-hmm. You know. And the other thing too, people. Also, when you think about in the days of old, the the midwife in the village, she would most likely be that woman who never married, who lived by herself in a little hut on the side of the village, but she didn't have the responsibilities of home and hearth. So she had the freedom to get up in the middle of the night mm-hmm. and walk five miles to a woman's house to attend her in birth. Right. And we valued that, and we romanticized those images, and we look at we look at those memories fondly, and so on. But then we criticize doulas who don't have um, children of their own. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of it's kind of crazy. I don't know if it's a it's okay when it's midwives and people who are actually delivering things because it's more clinical. Mm-hmm. And so we criticize doulas who do a lot more of the emotional support piece. I don't know what it is, mm-hmm. but um, it's not. Yeah. Fair. I think I'd say another challenge has been um, figuring out like the, like the technical business side of things. Um, so you know, when do I need a business license? I can't. I, for the life of me, I cannot figure out a business name. 
I hate everything. <laughs> and, I, and, I, and I'm hung up. You're rejecting every, I, I every, every proposal. And I'm hung up on the fact that if I don't have a business name, I can't make a website, I can't social, social media, I can't advertise. Like it just, I, I don't know why. Maybe I feel I, stuck. I, stuck. Maybe it's not a real thing, but I just am hung up in that space. Mm-hmm. And like even contracts. So we met um, this past weekend and I had an interview with a couple um, to be their postpartum doula. And then I said, oh, I can do labor as well. Um, and I know, Steph, that you were going to be my, my backup. Uh-huh. First time baby, immigrant family, no family here. Super nice when I met them in their in their house. Husband is a uh, sales engineer, so very A-type <laughs> personality. And uh, they brought back both uh, contracts and basically slashed it to bits like just yep. didn't like anything that was in there they didn't want me to keep my retainer fee um if, just, if you somehow if, you if i the, somehow missed the birth they yes. didn't like the concept of extenuating circumstances they yes they wanted a backup do it for postpartum instead of reschedule yes. like it was just to me like some things were reasonable but a lot of it was just unreasonable and as a newer doula i'm obviously not charging them a lot mm-hmm. um so and what i think they had done is they had pulled contracts from other interviews that they had um and then just made this perfect situation for themselves which is fair mm-hmm. but um, they put all the contracts together yeah. and they was like this is what i want yeah and i think that's for fine me. but i also think sorry i'm just going to be a bitch here but i also mm-hmm. think that this is your business mm-hmm. and if this contract works for you mm-hmm. you need to stand firm on this is i I'm not going to give up the fact that if I cannot make your birth for whatever reason, you're not getting the retainer back because that's for this part of the work. Yes. I, I'm not going to make you pay for this part of the work. Yes. I think it's an, I think sometimes with newer doulas and I could be absolutely wrong here, but I think sometimes we're just so thankful for the work that yeah. we're willing to bend over <laughs> backwards <laughs> and, you know, get screwed. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Just to have the work and the experience and, mm-hmm. and whatnot, but you can't do that. No, you have to hold firm stand up to who yourself. you are, and yeah, and stand up for yourself and say, "Look, um, I will. We can negotiate this part here, mm-hmm. but this part is firm, and I'm mm-hmm. sorry if that's not if that isn't going to work for you. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you've interviewed other people. I'm yes. sure you can find a doula for right. yourself. And that's where I'm right at right now. Is obviously I I let them go for the labor part because that was where they had the most areas of concern but I was like you know this is what I've amended for the postpartum and ultimately we parted ways amicably but in my head as a business person as a new doula who just quit her job I'm like who am I to turn down clients and this Mm -hmm. week has been a very slow week with my agency so it's just kind of compounded a little bit for me but I love that question though who am I Mm-hmm. To do this, and I told you, know you, who you, you are, are Tanisha. That, isn't that what I said? What I is that? That's exactly what I said. What do you mean? Who are you? you? You don't know who you are? Let me remind you who you are. <laughs> That's right. You because are Tanisha. There you. is no magic time. Oh, after you've been a doula for five years or ten years, now you can say, "I'm sorry, that's not acceptable." There's no magic time, so you can own that. Right now, and it's better to own it because, right now. Yeah. Yes, to have that because that situation is going to come up again, mm-hmm. and you will learn from this experience. And remember this too: if they're willing to do that with the contract, they're going to be men there when you yes, work with them. Yes, is that not what we said? Yeah, they're going to be an many of the nightmare. many of the amendments that they wanted to make. Not all of them, but many of them were reasonable. My problem was. Why so many amendments? And, and it was also, with the amount of changes. Them, I sent them the contract on Monday morning, and they sent it back with their amendments Thursday morning. And they 
texted me or emailed me Thursday afternoon when I was out, out with clients and all that. Have you gotten? I haven't even. Yeah, I hadn't even. They wanted her it. response immediately. immediately. And I wanted to show. I wanted to show somebody else who knows mm-hmm. something about mm-hmm. this stuff. And so you know that was a back and forth thing that they were not appreciative of, like waiting a day. Um, so but they waited. <laughs> they made you wait for three days. You know what? Fuck that. Yeah. yeah. Like I think one Doesn't thing that, that we, tell you exactly who you're going to be working with. Yeah. I think one thing to remember is that. That there, the whole idea, you know, there's a doula for every family. There's a family for every doula. Even though that client is not obviously going to be able a good fit for you, yeah. <clears throat> that's going to leave you space open for somebody else. Right, yeah. And now you just have to go. You know what? I'm setting them aside so I can bring in right. to my space, to my world, the right client for me. Right. And I know. Look, I know we've talked about this whole manifesting. Shit. <laughs> look, I, I, I'm all. I like the man. I like the idea of it, and I and it has benefited me on certain things. But sometimes I think this whole manifesting thing is bullshit. But, but I also think that there is the idea of putting the intention out there to the universe to say, "Hey, you know what, universe? That didn't work for me. What else have you got? Right. Yep. And bring it to me." Right. And that's, you've got to have that mindset mm-hmm. that Trust. this, what's going to come to me is going to work for me. Mm-hmm. And if it doesn't work, I've fired clients in the past where mm-hmm. it's just been like, there's no goddamn way I can do this. Right. So you need to have the strength mm-hmm. to be able to say, no, you know what? This is not a good fit for me. You're not worthy of me. Yeah. No, exactly. So you're the right person is going to come to you and I promise you it will. Mm-hmm. Um, you just got to have faith that it is. Yeah. Right? And stand firm in what you know to be the right position. Because mm-hmm. it's not sustainable which is Yes, which is a life lesson like forever, not just with, not just with doula work. But it isn't just because I'm an experienced doula why, why I wouldn't feel any way saying to people, this doesn't work for me, mm-hmm. and maybe you can find somebody else. It's not because I'm an experienced doula. It's because... I know what I'm worth and I know what and how much I will put up with. And that should be something that all doulas, all business owners, especially women, um, look at because you're going to be asked to bend or break your rules or your standards. And you have to decide every single time. Mm, is it worth it? Sometimes it is worth it to bend a little bit. Sometimes I will bend a little bit for people who I know or care about like repeat clients who want to ne- renegotiate things or whatever. It de- The situation de- is dependent on what's mm-hmm. happening with you at the time, but you need to be firm with who you are, where you stand, what you will put up with and what you won't. So every single one of those amendments, mm, cause that, it, I think it's important to be flexible. Mm-hmm. You, you learn, learn that also, way. By, of course. By yes. looking at this, you're Not just tough, but also flexible. Mm-hmm. And you look at each amendment and say, mm, I'm okay with that. But this, uh-uh, no way. X right through that. This one, I might be able to go a little bit this way or this way. That kind of thing. So, so be case, flexible but tough at the same case, time. In that case, though, like, the client sends back the amended contract. They've, you know, scratched things out or they've highlighted things that they put in. That's what they did. They scratched things that they didn't like or they highlighted things that they wanted. Mm-hmm. Would you uh, amend it and then have a call with them and explain or just send them back 
what your amendments were without explanation. I'd go either way. I'd send it back and say, um, I have time, I have time at, you know, Thursday at 5 p.m. to review this with you on, on a call if you want to set that up. Mm -hmm. If that doesn't work, let me know what time you might have available yeah. and we can go over it if you have any questions about if, my amendments. If you would be willing to work with them with the counter amendments. Right. Sometimes they make amendments to the contract and you decide within yourself, this is not going to work. In which case, don't waste your time and their time. Mm -hmm. Then you can simply say, um, I'm, I'm going to find it really challenging to meet these needs. Maybe another doula is better for you. Bingo. So you don't, you don't need to, you schedule a time to discuss it. If anything is up for discussion, right. if nothing is up for discussion, it's all full of deal breakers. Then you send them on their way right. with mm -hmm. love and, and gratitude and, and all of that, all that bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye. They're not for you. And in this particular case, the the sheer volume of changes, little teeny tiny changes that people wanted to make, things that were unreasonable more than one. Like what? Like, like <laughs> under no exceptional circumstances would they would they agree to Listen, you canceling a, a postpartum shift? Like they wanted that phrase out of the contract. Yes. So then in my head, I'm like, well, if something were to happen, what if I have would Ebola? I be liable? Do you want me to come to your house? A, a contract, if, whether it's seen by a lawyer or not, is, is legally binding. Yeah. So if I don't have that in there, and then there is an extenuating circumstance, I have no. You you have nothing. Yes. So and that's that's unreasonable to me to say under no circumstances can you call to say, hey, my kid is home from school with a really bad flu. Can we reschedule to next week? No. Yeah, I have explosive diarrhea. Yeah. I'm going to be a little late, but I'm still coming. Yeah. Oh, no, they want mm -hmm. you to then call in a backup postpartum. And then they want oh, you to have enough. a backup postpartum doula. So that's and just an example. How common is that? But would no, they, not. Were they ever done that? Me were they okay with just a stranger showing up at their right. door? Right, somebody who that's they true. didn't interview well, with. Oh, that's the other thing, whatever. too, is they wanted, um, they sent me an email and they wanted a copy of my driver's license. Oh right, yeah. We talked ID we talked about ID. that. No that they would keep no. in their possession forever. No. What? No. no. I will show it to you. And then I asked them here, this is me. I wanted them to say what it was I mean, I kinda of figured out what it was for, obviously criminal records track and I and I asked them, Oh what this is I have never heard of this, like of this asking for the ID and then the way that they responded back was I mean, I didn't want to read into it rude, but it kinda of came across as rude and it was like, Well, I don't know, this is standard, so I don't understand why it's not standard for you. She's like, well, I'm happy to provide the criminal records check and show you my ID, but I can't send it to you. Yeah, no I'm response. not giving you a copy of my ID. <laughs> yeah. There's no information. Like, no, seriously. So clearly that's an issue, like negotiating and dealing with people who are unreasonable right from the get-go. Mm -hmm. And although that's kind of easy because you haven't started working with them yet. So it's it's easy to say, I'm sorry, this is going to be really challenging for the both of us. I'm pretty sure another doula would be better, a better fit for you. And then you just let let them go, and you don't have to deal with it anymore. Right. And have faith that the next client will and be amazing. And they will, and they will. Somebody else is around the corner, um, because, like Kim said, you've made room for somebody else who will be a better fit for you. Right. And I don't disagree with the mindset of abundance thing. What I disagree with is the notion that we can apply it to everything. I think on an individual level. It's amazing. Mm -hmm. It's good for me as an individual to sort of have that approach to my own life. It doesn't work in terms of history, social justice movements. <laughs> yeah, like if, you know, if, 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 if the whole manifesting issues would work, then I, there would be no 
Ford would be in. There would be no homophobia. The there would be is, nothing. The thing is, it's only one part of the equation. It's the manifesting and the action. action. Yeah. People forget about the action yeah. part. You're going to sit yeah. down under the tree over there and meditate money into your bank account. And sorry. Not. I'm no, sorry. The, the secret. It's not going to happen. making the decision for yourself that this does not, this is not sustainable. Working with this family in this context is not going to be sustainable today, tomorrow, for the next client. Yeah. So if you, by deciding that and saying what Suzanne was saying, if these things can't be met, mm -hmm. then it seems that we are not the right match. I need to pass you on to a different, perhaps a different deal would be better for you. Right. You have now taken that action to allow space in your life yep. for another opportunity to come in. in. Whereas yeah. if you're holding on to that and it's chipping away at your brain and your yeah. heart every day because you, because you let it, yes. and then you're actually working with the people who are each day picking apart what you're doing, it's just... Allowing someone to pick Your you apart, energy you know? Yes. yes, it is. Emotionally, yeah. physically. And then you also, in that, haven't made room for that opportunity for the next family to come in and say, oh, man, we need your young girl energy. We need that 30-year-old that woman who's not drained by her own kids at home energy. Yeah. You know, <laughs> to buy your five kids days. and a bad husband. Oh, what? bring it. Bring <laughs> it. That's the doula for me. She needs to escape from that house. Clearly, you slept all night. <laughs> I'd show up at my overnight doula um, shifts, and I'd be like putting my eye drops in, yeah, yeah. and uh, pushing the cheeks, pepping yeah. myself up because I had small kids, and showing up. Hi, and it was all acting. Yeah, yeah. As soon as their backs would turn, I'd just like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I have a, a, a slight mentorship question um, mm -hmm. that was a little, not a challenge, but just a, a moment I had this week. I was at a postpartum shift. Now, this agency that I work for, I guess they do postpartum for uh, however long you need until, mm -hmm. it a, until you fill the hours that you've paid for. Mm -hmm. So this baby is five months. Um, mm -hmm. And um, uh, mom, I guess, just needed to get stuff done in the house I don't know but I happened to go there when their five-year-old daughter was home from school so mom's you know changing the clothes from winter to spring and running all over the mm -hmm. house but now I'm baby like babysitting too. baby and five-year-old so in that case because I've had conversations with people that don't understand the difference between a doula and a nanny and in that case uh, I guess I was a little bit of both but mm -hmm. there were times when I was feeding the baby you know walking her to sleep but then also you know, was making lunch for the five-year-old, but she just, I had to, like, obviously include her because, you know, five-year-olds need yes. to, so mm -hmm. we're making lunch together, and so I had a fun time, but in that case, was I really being a doula? I don't but know. I think, hmm. I mean, so you, at five months, I mean, we're kind of not in doula role. That's yeah. kind of a little bit beyond. Yeah. Having said that, I think if it's, as a postpartum doula coming into the home, if you're doing something that benefits the mother mm -hmm. to do something that makes her feel better, mm -hmm. then that can be doula work. I mean, mm -hmm. it doesn't necessarily mean, you know, that you're giving her breastfeeding support or you're, you know, doing baby laundry or things like that. I think, I think being a postpartum doula is a little more of an umbrella. Yeah. Like there's so much that can go into it. Mm -hmm. I think being a postpartum doula is whatever you want mm -hmm. to be able to do. I've done postpartum doula work where, you know, basically a lot of the time the mom was just napping with the baby and I was outside playing with the five-year-old, okay. you know, chalk drawing on the street and, mm -hmm. and things like that, because that's what she needed in order to get the rest with her and baby. How old was the baby? 
I can't remember, to be honest. It was many, many years ago. So he was, he was a baby, like three months, maybe, okay. something and like so, that. But you were playing with the five-year-old. Yeah, so that yeah. mom could actually just get into bed and sleep with the yeah, baby and, and boob okay. out. And, yeah, because yeah. okay. they they needed they needed rest. Time, like yeah. she was she was not she needed sleep. Yeah. So she didn't want me to look after baby. Um, and then the other at the same with the same clients, it was you know, and I think I may have told this during the training that you know baby was sleeping and we were all playing together. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and the baby cried and mom went to go get up and I'm like. It's okay, you stay here and I'll get baby. Yeah. And the five year old was like, oh, Yes, mommy's gonna stay with me and not go to the baby. Mm -hmm. So I mean in that respect too, that was very helpful and doula ish, okay. I think. I, so it's a little bit of a broader <clears throat> term because I feel like I some people so. it's like, well, because they, they advertised they wanted a doula slash nanny, and so I had to like educate a little bit on the difference, but then having had this experience, I'm like, Well, I don't really know what the difference is anymore now. Yeah. I mean, I think when you're getting into five months, that is sort of getting beyond sort of what doula work yes. is. Yeah. Okay. I think really anything that's, beyond that's three my, months is... That's my issue. I think that how <clears throat> we defined how we define doula work is up to indivi us individually, especially because there isn't any official regulation as to what... So I personally would be happy doing whatever that family needs me to do to make their transition from pregnancy and birth to life after that smoother that's my mm -hmm. boundary those are my boundaries though is time five months to me is outside of postpartum doula scope that's yeah. my personal thing so i will play with the five-year-old if it's if if they've had a two-week-old baby mm -hmm. because that is what is going to help that mom recover from birth and make that transition into life after birth uh is having somebody do stuff with her five-year-old so she can nap with the baby or whatever 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 i think at five months you are looking at nanny duties yeah, you're nanny at stuff. babysitting and nannies. that's yes it becomes to me it, it changes with the passing of time, not with the duties, not what you're doing, but with the passing of time. So I, I not to me, five months is way out of my zone. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like working with the immediate postpartum period, ideally birth to six weeks, I six or six to 12 weeks. By the time your baby's three months old, they're not newborns anymore. I don't remember anything about babies after that. I prefer newborns. Thank yes, you. I prefer newborns than five-year-olds than I do six-month-olds. Yeah, I don't know how to deal with six-month-old yeah. when all they want is their mom. Yeah. yeah. And what am I doing? Yeah. Yeah. Cry, cry, cute baby. as hell, but yes. <laughs> super fussy and like she had flat yeah. heads, so she had to be constantly up. But then yeah. we spit up everything, and it was yeah, it was a lot, but it was a learning experience, but. So and you it's said that they asked for it. It's a learning right? experience. Yes, right. And it's yeah. both a it's a it's a um the fact that we get to decide for ourselves and define our own boundaries about um who we are, what we do and for what time length is both both a blessing and a challenge mm -hmm. because it gives us the gives you I can decide that I don't want to work with people with babies up over three months and you can decide that you are happy to do that for six months. And that's good, but it also is a challenge because, you know, when you have so many choices, you're kind of like, well, which one do I do? What do I do? How do I define my own boundaries when the boundaries are, the possibilities are endless? Mm -hmm. So it's both, and you have to give it some thought and decide. I, I That's just my thing. No, don't, after 12 months, mm -hmm. it's a different, it's a different thing to me. What do you ladies um, think about... Um, when the mother 
leaves the baby with you. Like she wants to go in her appointment or a grocery shop. That's more of a nanny thing than a... I, I guess, again, it's just... it's For me, it's not so much about... Like comfort. it's a it's, it's a two month old. You got a two yeah. month old. So she's within the time frame yes. for me. Yes. And she just wants to get her nails done. She just you know, wants to be away from the baby. So she wants she basically wants a nanny at that point. She wants someone to care for the baby so she can go get things done as opposed to someone to help her with transitional things. But um however there could be a transitional thing, needing a little bit of space. Space. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I know officially Postpartum doulas, listen, I barely do anything official, so let me just say, for people who are trainers and so on, mm-hmm. officially you're not supposed to be left alone with the baby, yeah. right. but I'm constantly yeah. left alone with babies, and I don't have any problem with it. Yeah. Is that a liability either. thing, or is that just like out of scope? You know what, that's a good question. In checking with... Um, and when you say alone with the baby, what do you mean? Like yeah, have they left the country. Like, have they left the left the country? Left the neighborhood? That's definitely they- a problem. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think the current definition is where you are left in primary care of the baby while the mother is, or the parents are away from the home, where you are literally the physical lifeline of that baby mm-hmm. and the physical care provider of that baby while the parent is away from home. Mm-hmm. Um, Got it. That is out of what I, re- what I recall as the scope. And then that actually makes me wonder. Who wrote current, that scope? Who made that scope? I think that was the original donor scope. Same one mm-hmm. that Kappa has. Mm-hmm. Um, Saying that a lot of have, but my real concern, that's just like certification training and stuff like that. Now that we have doulas working with insurance, mm-hmm. I wonder if a postpartum doula has business insurance, liability insurance, if yeah. something were to happen with alone. that baby mm-hmm. while you're alone with that baby. And what if you're matter? out of scope? Yeah. If you're out of scope and, it, and your insurance company has a definition of scope then you're in trouble that's right if they are insuring you because you are meeting the requirements of capadona association of ontario doulas so then before you accept this client would you have to see their insurance not their insurance not their insurance yours oh my insurance you'd have to find out if your insurance covers you if something happened to the baby on your time while if you were operating outside of scope which makes total sense to me my question is if a mom if desperately they need milk and coffee or whatever, and she wants to go to the grocery store for 15 or 20 minutes, and she needs that walk to get out by herself, to actually walk with her own body, without the baby on her, mm-hmm. I don't consider that out of scope. No, I, mean, I, I do it all the time. I think it's cool and it's great. I think it's also good as a business owner to know, am I covered if something comes up with the baby while she's out? Absolutely. Just for you, not about the parent, not about yes. the baby at that point, about yes. myself. If something happens with totally. the baby, am I fucked insurance-wise? Yeah. yeah. But also, how far is that mom? Like, is that mom just down the street at the corner store picking up stuff and she's going to be back in 20 minutes? Yeah. Or are we talking she's gone across town to an appointment and she's going to be gone for three hours? There's a yeah. reasonable... It's I've an, never yeah, had that situation. Right. But I'm saying... If see, now we're happens, getting how fast Now we're get getting back. into... Um, really little tiny details how many kilometers away from the house how long how many minutes should she be away from the house can you reach her by phone how fast can she get back and all those kinds of yeah i'm just thinking though that if anything were to happen it would happen so fast that it wouldn't matter is she upstairs in a big giant and, and, mansion and, 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 and am I you're downstairs in the basement <laughs> family room with the baby yeah yeah but am i gonna be am i gonna be 
like essentially Held blamed if she even if she comes and she comes 15 minutes while something's happening like i i am alone with the child when xyz thing happens because that happens all that the time at postpartum overnights that is the thing that's going to be the reason that i might get sued because this thing happened why, with me that's why you have with you yeah. while you and if they are away will your insurance cover you if they're away if they're just sleeping that is within, if they're in the home oh, okay. and you are the third yeah. set of hands in the home, mm -hmm. but not the primary decision maker, because right there, the parent is available for decision making right. in the space to make that decision, okay. in the space to take care of that baby should something arise. Mm -hmm. If they are away and not within a reasonable distance where you are now the primary care, having to make a decision, having to resuscitate or whatever, um, in a pinch, right. then you are now the primary care provider. And so I'm just, I'm not even thinking about scope in the sense of what you're comfortable with. I'm thinking from a business owner's perspective, get my ass sued. Will my insurance cover me if I've stepped out of that? So maybe understanding what scope what is. What the scope is in, in those circumstances. What the reasonable scope is. Yeah. Um, and then when you just, if and when someone decides to work out of it, work outside of that understanding. I'm making the decision to work outside of that scope because I really enjoy this part of the work. I enjoy mm -hmm. her being able to get out and go yeah. hit the gym for 30 minutes and just work out whatever's. Or have you guys never gone for a walk with a baby? Mm -hmm. Yeah, she I have. It mm -hmm. So it's the same stuff. thing. Mm -hmm. Removing the baby from the home with just you by mm -hmm. yourself yeah. and the baby. Mm -hmm. I've done that tons of times. Yeah. Beautiful June day. Mom just needs to lie in the living room and listen to some music and know that the she, that the baby is Stay with me, yeah. and we just went for like an hour-long walk around mm -hmm. the neighborhood. The radar, and, and not have that the radar may very sounds. well have been out of scope. Mm -hmm. But I'm fine with it because yeah, I've had a mother oh who's gone. It was like a huge gift yoga for her, or something yeah. like that. So, mm -hmm. and I think it's totally reasonable. Yeah. It's also just, reasonable to know what your insurance covers. I just had yes. a mom. But then she would, it be, would my agency? Well, you got to do what the agency. You got to do what yeah, the agency. Yeah, you got to do what the agency says. That's when you're working with an agency. They define the parameters. That's okay. Right. Yeah. All right. Absolutely. All right. Well, that's something for me to ask. <laughs> All right. So we are at an hour. hour. Woo! Time flies awesome. when you're talking. Do all this stuff. So great for me. Good. <laughs> so um, let's take a little break. People need to pee. Yep. Refresh on their water, yep. and um, we'll come back. I think that Debbie is going to share with us her birth story. Yay. Is that right? One of your birth stories, well, anyways. Yeah. yeah. One of them. It's funny because I knew I was coming, and I know you guys talk about your moms. So yesterday I go, Mom, what's your birth story? What's, like, my birth story? And she goes, what do you mean? You're born May 29th. Don't and you I know that by like, now, Debbie? Yes. She goes, <laughs> I, I, you know, and I was like, so like, what happened? And she's like, ah, I don't remember. Debbie, you're almost 50. <laughs> and I'm like, I understand, but were you awake? Were you asleep? Um, she says that, oh, I don't remember anything. I just know I went to the hospital. They lived close. They walked to the hospital hmm. and then they, and that's it. Then you're out. That was that. Was that. Wow. Yeah. And right. she said her biggest concern was because everybody has, you know, a godmother and stuff. And they're like, who's Debbie's godmother? Who's Debbie's godmother? And they're like, oh, you're my nurse. You're her godmother. <laughs> Beautiful. So, yeah. All right. Let's take a little break and then we'll get back to the real birth story. Awesome. Okay.
Okay, let's go. And so we're back, and now we're going to hear a lovely birth story. Uh, Debbie's going to tell us to, about the birth of her first baby. My first baby, my daughter, Alicia. Alicia, that's my niece's name. And so Alicia um, was born at St. Mary's Hospital in Montreal. Yeah. Um, she was conceived here, and then I moved Thanks back home. Thanks for that detail. We need to know the geographical. Anyway, that's the other podcast. Yeah, so that morning, so like here in Ontario, when you're going over the border, you're going to Buffalo or whatever. In Montreal, when you're going over the border, you're going to Plattsburgh or Burlington. Mm-hmm. So Burlington, Vermont. Vermont, yeah. Okay. And so... Um, there was a bus trip that um, I was supposed to go with my dad. Um, this was a Saturday. And my dad said, are you coming? I was like, mm, nah. How pregnant were you? you? I was, this was, she was due, my due date was August the 9th. And she came Jan, um, July 27th, so a week and a half. So All I was right. pretty much mm-hmm. full term. And so I told my dad, nah, I'm not going to go. And so wise, um, that's wise, <laughs> you know. But when I think about it, I was like, "Shoot, have dual citizenship, <laughs> right?" <laughs> Your Alicia would have maybe dual citizenship. Yeah. So anyway, so um, I was home, like you know, the day I'm calling my friends and whatever. My mom has gone to work because she was a nurse, and um, I remember I had to go to the washroom. So I went to the washroom. <laughs> Got up, water's running down my leg, and I was like, oh, she must have, let me sit down. <laughs> I'm not done. I'm not done. I got up, the water's down, down my leg. And so I remember the doctor saying to me, um, if when you're ready, you're going to the hospital, my OB said, just, you know, bring some of the water that you, you know, so we can test to see if it's amniotic fluid. Mm-hmm. So the thing ran down my leg and I forgot. So I took a pad and I wiped my floor. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> well, you found it, some strange tra- traces of <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> dirt, <laughs> dirt. <laughs> bacteria. Yeah. So yeah. So um, that was so my mom finished work at three o'clock, came to get me and. My best friend Barry was there, and um, my cousin, who was my um, coach, mm-hmm. she went to we went to prenatal classes together mm-hmm. and everything. So we were all in the hospital, and we were playing music, and it was like, so I'm gonna have a baby soon, yeah. you know? We were just rocking, and it was like really not that painful. It was just like, what time was this? So we're there, it's like about four, five. Mm-hmm. I remember they said, oh, you can't eat. And I was like, I'm hungry. So my friend uh, <laughs> snuck in an so old Henry, Henry bar. Oh, Henry. <laughs> Those are friends right there. Yeah. <laughs> so I was eating it and whatever. And then next thing I know, was, um, I guess it was transition. So all of a sudden, I'm freezing. Oh, my God, I'm so cold. And then, oh, yeah, I'm so hot. And then, <laughs> there goes that old Henry. <laughs> so I was like, that's why they don't want you to, to eat. So anyway, so they, um, I was now, they checked me. I was 10 centimeters. 
They took me to the delivery room, and um, my mom came in with me because I was only allowed one person. My cousin, up to now, she's still still upset. resentful yes. that she didn't get to go in. Yes, <laughs> yes. And so, um, yeah, she was out by eight o five. It was very, very quick. Mm -hmm. Three to eight. Yeah. Wow. First yeah. baby. First baby. Wow. And I remember when I was leaving the hospital, they said to me, next time you're pregnant, which I was like, <laughs> no. There's like, <laughs> and you sneeze, come to the hospital. <laughs> and I was like, okay, sure. But yeah, it was, it was a great experience. I was so happy with it. And, um, that it was just so easy because so many, you know, everybody else gives you the scary stories and stuff. Mm -hmm. So, so what? So was it painful? Were contractions painful? Yeah, they were painful. Um, it was more in my back. Mm -hmm. Had a lot of back contractions. And um, what did you do yeah. for comfort when you were feeling those things? What made you feel a little more? Oh, it was more like the I I breathed. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's gone. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, oh. so, and then, yeah, I, like I said, I did a whole lot of dancing in the bed mm -hmm. and stuff, um, and I do remember sitting on the toilet was, like, so comfortable. When mm -hmm. I tell that to clients now, I'm like, sitting on the toilet is the best. You, your pelvis is open, you're squatting down and everything, and people are like, yeah, I'm on the toilet. <laughs> I tell them stuff like that, too, and they're like, you're a liar. Yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, I was born on the toilet. Yeah. Right. My mom right. said I was a turd. Yeah. So, yes. She was so relaxed, the whole head came out. So right. Oh, wow. It's a good place to be. Yeah. So. I, just, I think I just listened to it on yeah. 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 Um, so, yeah. So, she was my little princess, seven, five. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, so my dad ended up coming back from Plattsburgh, mm -hmm. and he was like, I went home, you weren't there. <laughs> <laughs> and so I figured you're at the hospital, and I just remember he walked in, and she was like in the little bassinet, and he was like, she looks just like me. Uh, <laughs> okay, Grandpa. Yeah. How so, long were you in the hospital? Yeah. Um, I stayed one day, or I was out the next day. 24 hours back. Then. Wow. Yeah. Wow. How and your daughter is 28? In July, she'll be 28, yeah. Mm, okay. And how was, like, uh, postpartum healing, breastfeeding? Um, I So before, while I was pregnant, I went to the Leshy League. Mm -hmm. I think it was great. So I think I took to breastfeeding very quickly. It was very easy for me. Mm -hmm. The only thing is, of course, with any new nursing mother, I didn't know about the whole cracking of nipples and the... That's always a nice surprise. <laughs> feeling, you know, the engorgement and stuff. But I must say that I did put on my tightest dress and <laughs> modeled in the mirror with no bra on. And I was like, I Look at those. love this. Because <laughs> we were going to say, Debbie's one of these naturally slim women. So I suppose like pregnancy gave you a few extra curves that you appreciated. Yes. I see. Yes. Mm -hmm. Because I was very You can leave now. Because I was very straight. Mm -hmm. I didn't now have hips. Curvy. Now I got hips and mm -hmm. stuff like that. So mm -hmm. thank you, Alicia. Thank you, Alicia. Yeah. I look forward to that. But yeah, I I I loved it. And um I was, I'm an only child, mm. so I knew I was going to have another child. Mm -hmm. Wasn't the best relationship, mm -hmm. 
but I was going to have another child mm-hmm. with that same guy. Mm-hmm. So mm. There you go. Yeah, Were your that. other births that quick mm-hmm. or quicker? Yeah. I remember with Paris, we were watching Arsenio Hall. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, so it was like 1130. Yeah. And then I went to the washroom. And um, I was just, next thing I got this pain and I was like on the ground. And I was like, call yes. 911, call 911. Yeah. And um, I remember they, I lived in where I had the stairs. So they had to come upstairs and then take me down down. the stairs (laughs) and I was like oh my god oh my god God." so um so I was in the ambulance and I was there making noise and whatsoever and they're like well which ones do you want to go to do you want to go to Credit Valley do you want to go to Mississauga and Credit Valley was brand new then so I was like let's go to Credit Valley so I am like screaming in there and uh, get to the hospital we're going into emergency and um, I remember a doctor saying to me I need to be quiet in an emergency and I was like oh an emergency is the quiet zone right (laughs) I didn't know that giving birth (laughs) oh but actually before I got there um, they had taken off my pants and everything and I was like my baby's here and they're like oh no 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 you've got time when they took off my pants, they're like, we've got a baby's head. Yeah. Oh, wow. Why so I had to, I, I don't understand. That. So they're like, take her to labor and delivery. I said, I'm not going to make labor and delivery. We got to do this so here. Yeah. Do it here. So we did it. Put in your gloves emergency. on, Johnny. That's it. Put on that mask. <laughs> Love up, no. boy. We're having a baby. <laughs> and so. Give me my, my teeth. My ex. <laughs> <laughs> no teeth. No baby. <laughs> um, so oh. I remember my ex standing at the end with Alicia in his arms. And then. I went and then time to push and he came out and remember Alicia's like, baby. <laughs> and um, then they put me up to labor delivery and I was gone by the next day. Yeah. Wow. So you wow. did give birth in Emerge? I gave birth Crit in Emerge. Yes. But wow. you brought some sunshine to that emergency room then. Mm-hmm. Yep. And some noise. Yeah. <laughs> but I go, oh no, actually I was there for a couple of days because since I gave birth in emergency, I got a private room. Oh, Ooh, yeah. yeah. So I'm staying. That's, that's, that's it. That's the trick. That's it. It's like, oh, I'm still feeling pain. Can I be here a week? <laughs> but, uh, yeah. So that was, well, I'll give you all three. So then the third one is Darius, new relationship. He's 16 years old. I remember, and I've always known very close to when I was going to give birth. So Darius was born on the Thursday. I remember going to my midwife and say, I don't feel well, something's up. And so she checked me and she was like, oh, you're one centimeter. And I was like, cool. <laughs> I was like, I knew I was, I was getting close. Um, so that was the Tuesday. The Wednesday I went to my sister-in-law's house, had dinner and whatever. And she was like, don't give birth tonight. And I was like, I'll try not to. <laughs> Went home. And like five o'clock in the morning, I could hear pop in my ear, and then it felt gush. Oh, oh wow! What? Yeah, I can like up to now, I it. could hear it still. Oh. It was just this, yeah, and then the gush. Oh. Then I went to the washroom. Keep going to the washroom, <laughs> and I was like, Sheldon, call nine one one, call nine one one, baby's coming. Nine one one. Where'd you call nine one one? Because your water broke. Yeah. Well, no, because I knew I was going to go fast, right? I guess. And we yes. called the midwife also. And by the time the ambulance was upstairs, the midwife 
I could see her on, you know, TV, and she was downstairs, and um, she was like, we can have this baby at home if you want to, mm -hmm. and I was like, Sheldon, can we? He was like, nope, going <laughs> to the hospital. So... Um, he had to stay home and take care of the kids so to put was, them on the yeah. school bus. Um, I I'll got see to you the later. hospital, got into L&D. They're like, okay, you can start pushing. And I was like, no, I have to wait for Sheldon. This is his first baby. Yes, <laughs> and, and I maybe waited like five minutes. He, he <laughs> came in. Five minutes. Yeah. Because this baby doesn't give a shit whether yeah. Sheldon was yeah. there or no, not. Well, no, he waited. He was. He oh, he did? To, he made yeah. it? Oh, Sheldon made it. Oh, good. And they're like, okay, you Go can Go, Sheldon. Had it. I had my legs up. He, I pushed. And then they said to him, you can bring your baby out. And so he... Oh, he caught the baby. Yes. Oh, amazing. Brought him out, and he got to hold him. And then after that, he put it on me, and yeah, and that was quick. So yeah. five, and he was born by eight-something. Mm -hmm. Nice. <laughs> That's the way you do it, girl. That's the way you do it. Like an Olympic luge event. I said I would be a surrogate. That would be great. Cause that would be awesome. good. Once yeah. and I told my daughter, if you can't have babies, I'll have it for you. She's like, oh, gross. <laughs> 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 so yeah, those are my birth stories. Thank you so yeah. much for sharing. You know, I love listening to you guys because I wish it was more like a radio show because sometimes I'm yelling. <laughs> You are not the first person who said that. And it's like, I wish I want to call in. Yes. <laughs> Maybe one day, one day when we it. become like really big podcast moguls, mm -hmm. we will have a feature like that. It can happen too. It can happen. It we're going to manifest, manifest that We're going to manifest that shit yeah. so that somebody else, can do, that somebody else can do that editing. We'll call it and the I, doula channel. I will say, as a new doula, listening to your podcast for the last seven months as I work up to having left my job was like my motivation. So thank Yay, you for being in my ear Monday morning yes. working through sitting at a computer all day that I hated. <laughs> well, we're glad that you're doing work that, that, uh, that's fulfilling yes. that yes, fills your cup and um, hopefully will sustain you in all the ways that it needs to sustain you from here on in. Thanks for coming you guys. That was yes, great. For Thanks for being here. Welcome. Thanks, guys. Thank you, everybody, for listening. And we will yeah. talk to you next week. Rate, review, and subscribe, and tell a friend. Tell a friend. Tell a friend. Bye. 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 <laughs>